Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Got it. Good morning and welcome to 2023, Bailey. It's not morning, it's 4 p.m. Well, but happy 2023. <laughs> it's morning to me. Still, sure. it's almost noon. I mean, it's 11 here. So, yeah. Yeah, that's midday. I think that, you know. Happy midday. We could. Happy midday. Yeah. I'm really compromising here. <laughs> well, it's good that you can still compromise, even though you've become British. I have not become British. <laughs> Calm down. Or Scottish. I've not become Scottish. No, you're still American. Yep. Good. Pretty darn American. Still talk with this accent and everything. That's a good accent. I agree. It works yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it does. I mean, uh, how have things been going? Going well? Yeah. How'd the Pacers play last night? They played terrible last night. <laughs> like, so um, a, a couple of the main players are injured at the moment. And so there were a lot, uh, there was a lot less uh, ability to substitute, you know, and have the same quality of players. And yeah. it was also the second night of back to back games. So mm -hmm. along about the middle of the third quarter, they looked like they needed a nap. And right. Like, like I look right now. A nap. And the, if they took a nap, they'd probably hit just as many baskets. I mean, they literally just missed everything. It was, it was sort of sad. And then they brought in some guys who had been playing for Fort Wayne in the, in the developmental league. Right. You know, <laughs> who were filling in for the injured guys on the roster. Uh -huh. She got off the bench to play. And when we were down 35 points, shit and um yeah yeah that's that's kind of <laughs> so you watched a charity event we watched we watched the pacers get beat senseless in the third quarter it was actually a really close game and then the uh -huh. bottom just fell out like i said it, it looked like they just ran out of steam uh -huh. um, i felt bad for them because you could tell just by their demeanor that they were all spent <laughs> yeah yeah um and playing against a healthy roster and a good team, the Memphis Grizzlies, it just, uh, yeah, it came to a head. They they didn't they didn't fare well. But AJ and I had a good time, so that, it doesn't matter. So did you guys buy season tickets despite the fact that the Pacers are having a bad season? Is that they aren't having a bad season? They're having a. Great they just season. had a bad bad game in yeah, the good no, season. The, the the Pacers are above five hundred by like three or four games. Okay. Um, they're they're actually really good. They're way better than they were supposed to be. We actually bought season tickets because they were cheap. Gotcha, gotcha. Because they were terrible last year. They only won twenty five games last year. They've already won like twenty three games, and we're not halfway through yet. <laughs> so they're way better than last year. Oh yeah, massively better. Yeah, they're actually really fun to watch. Um, and very competitive with with the best teams even and the the Grizzlies are one of the best teams and they just had like I said they you could you, they were they were right there with them and then suddenly they just didn't have anything left right um, the um, but they've been really good to watch they have a 
there's a rookie player that uh, we drafted because we were so bad. We got a really high draft pick, and his name's Ben Matherin, and um, he's he's fabulous. He's he's uh, averaging like 19 points a game, and mm-hmm. rookie, and he doesn't start. He plays off the bench. So he, ha- I mean, he started the last couple games because we had so many injuries, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a superstar. By the time you come back to America, you'll be like, "Oh, Ben Matherin's everywhere." <laughs> I mean, I'll be back in the states from Shara's wedding in June, so. Well, the, I'm sure they'll still be talking about him then. Okay. Um. <laughs> and maybe even next year. I meant, you know, by the time you move back. Oh, um, in sports news, uh, there are. Sp- football, well, soccer games happening in my neighborhood. And that means that there are like insane throngs of people outside of my apartment, Right, <laughs> like charter buses lining the streets. Is there a premier league team in Glasgow that you were, I, I don't know the leagues. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Um, there are multiple well, teams. I know, I know there are multiple leagues, but like the, the premier league is the top one. Okay. So they actually show the Premier League games on ESPN. So that's why the Celtic is by my house, Hampton Stadium. Um, and then there's the Rangers, which is, I believe, in Ebrox. Um, so they're just that away. Um, that doesn't help you at all. They're they're like on a different side of town. And then there's also I'm gonna get this wrong. There's the Scottish national team. Um, which I believe also plays in Glasgow, but I'm not exactly sure where. Um, so today the streets with the charter buses and everything, the team was blue and white and the Rangers are orange and the Celtics are green. So I'm assuming that's the Scottish national team that was playing today. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I mean, um, so as you know, I'm not a big soccer person and, the um i i wasn't even really sure of a lot of the rules um and i started watching a show on apple tv called ted lasso uh-huh and it is awesome it is i really want to see ted lasso actually you should watch it you have apple tv plus <sighs> i do um it's 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 so good i mean f- so what happens i mean like the basic storyline for you is and uh there's a english premier league soccer team Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 woman who has just taken ownership of the team, um, she got she got ownership through a divorce. Oh, so she doesn't want the team to be any good because her husband liked the team so much. So right. She hires an American football coach to come coach English football, which is like you know actual American football, and he's going to coach soccer. <laughs> yeah. And his name's Ted Lasso. Gotcha. Okay. And so. And he agrees to the job because. Well, he's in the middle of a like thing with his wife where they're going to, you know, where they, they're, they're, you know, contemplating divorce and, and she asked for some space. So he gives her as much space as he can by taking this crazy job to coach a soccer team in England. (laughs) That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And he's a really good football coach. So like, he's a really good coach in general. He doesn't really know soccer, but that doesn't really matter because he's a really good coach. And so like... He brings over his assistant who like is like his best friend and they coach the soccer team. That's the, the crux of it is you're following along as he takes over a soccer team 
having no clue about soccer. Right. <laughs> so you can imagine that it, it gets pretty funny at times. And then, um, and the fans are very unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you can imagine, they would be. Uh-huh. So, um, but it, it like, there's a lot of, um, kind of mixing of the American and, and English subcultures, you know? Yeah. And, uh, just through, just through the nature of what's happening here with the story. And it's, um, so it's, it's really fantastic and, um, <laughs> way better. I didn't, I didn't know if it would be good or not, you know? And then a couple of my friends were like, Hey, you have to, you have to watch this Ted Lasso. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, who, who's the guy, what's his name that plays Ted Lasso is Ed Helms or Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. I love Jason Sudeikis. Oh, then so that's why I wanted to watch it. You'll really, really love this. He's yeah. He's it's, 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 it's the best thing I've seen him in like his acting wise. He's in one of my favorite rom-coms called seeing other people. Yeah. And he delivered one of my favorite fucking lines in a rom-com ever because uh, he's talking about um, like basically the main love interest is trying to lose her virginity to some absolute fucko nerd asshole in their dorm. And he basically says like, you don't want to sleep with this guy that sleeping that with that guy is like an alien coming to the planet earth. And I tell them that the best music of all time, I tell them that the Beatles white album is actually, um, I forget what it was. Oh, it, blues traveler, right? Like I give them blues traveler and say, it's the Beatles white album. He goes, that's a fucking travesty because I will have, convinced someone that the greatest thing of all time is blues traveler <laughs> like, hey man i like blues traveler don't dig on them no i understand it's a joke it's just a funny punchline it's like, <laughs> like comparing somebody to that yeah it's it's yeah it's one of the it was just such a well-written line and he delivered it in a jason sudeikis way and i was like that's well that's mighty impressive ted lasso is filled with lines like Good from, and not just from uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, uh, a guy that um, a guy that plays the kind of old like the soccer player who's toward the end of his career. Th uh, that guy delivers so many fabulous lines in, mm -hmm. throughout the <laughs> throughout the course of it. And there's a um, um, uh, oh, uh, she's she's like a marketing rep. And she, you know, so she, she works kind of for the team and for players to do their branding and stuff like that. And she mm -hmm. has so many great lines as well. <laughs> she, she's just like, she's just fed awesome lines. Um, mm -hmm. and the, the show really is very, very extremely quotable. I mean, there's like, you know, if you go into like reels or TikTok, you'll see little Ted Lasso pieces everywhere. Like, cause they're so quotable. Um, cool. Anyway, I think you, I think you'd, you'd really, you'd like it. I will move it up the watch list. So like crazy stuff that's happened here though. Um, like yesterday was one of the funniest things that's happened in a while in my life. Um, <laughs> so, you got a tramp stamp? No, I did not. That wouldn't have been funny. That would have been painful. Like needle. It would have been funny. <laughs> let's not, let's not confuse just because it would be painful that it wouldn't be funny.
You think my pain is funny? Nice. No, I'm not saying it has to be your pain. Oh, it would have been if I got uh, any kind of tattoo. It would hurt. Okay. Needles, Bailey. No, I understand. But this was, you know, I could have gotten hurt. I could have gotten some sort of injury from this because it said. So let, let me let me start this off by for Christmas, Sarah wanted some kind of organized shelving unit for the garage. Okay. Uh-huh. So because on her side of the garage where her car is parked, uh, there's a there's stuff that just it really could benefit from a shelf. Right. So um, so I got the shelving unit and uh, for christmas of course and so we were like you know yesterday was the day we were going to go well let's you know let's pull the car out of the garage put the shelving unit together and organize this stuff right right so the box that the shelving unit came in first of all when it came to the house and was delivered here the box was fucking heavy not like kind of heavy (laughs) but like super heavy and you know and it was disassembled but the box was mega heavy and like when i dragged it into the house that day i was like i don't i'm not even going to wrap this i'm just going to like stick it somewhere because yeah. it's so heavy this is ridiculous to wrap right <laughs> right so so dragging it to the garage was not particularly fast right and so you get it all the i mean so it's kind of you're kind of in like a a state of Man, this thing is unwieldy already before we even open the box to see what's in there, right? Right. <laughs> now, it's a metal shelving unit, right? So okay. that's why it's heavy. I'm like I'm thinking, well, you know, it's heavy, so it's going to be heavy duty, right? Well, that's an incorrect assumption. Um, hmm. <laughs> incorrect assumption number one. We could have a total list of the incorrect assumptions on this. Okay. So on Amazon... Like I read the first couple of reviews, which while they said they were verified purchasers, I think they were paid to be verified purchasers because there's no fucking way that this that those people had an easy time assembling this. Okay. Okay. It's not possible that you had an easy time. Hey, you whoever wrote that, you fuck, you did not have an easy time assembling <laughs> this monstrosity. Uh huh. So we open the box, and there is literally like styrofoam pieces everywhere like the styrofoam packing that they'd put in there from this heavy metal sharp edged metal stuff mm-hmm. was like just shredding the packing <laughs> you know they usually have like those panels of thin styrofoam in a box like that right you open yep. it up and it's just shredded there's just parts of it everywhere <laughs> oh <laughs> So you're, you're like, it's so sharp, it's cutting through the styrofoam. It's just chopping up the styrofoam, not like just barely cutting through it. Like, it's not like there's a gash in it. Like it's in little crumbles like popcorn, okay? Parts okay. of it. Like some of it's still intact, so you can tell it used to be a sheet. of. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there are literally like 12 packages, and I'm not even making this up. There's like 12 packages of pieces that are mm-hmm. like in there. <laughs> Of these metal pieces, mm-hmm. I just, and then there's the four shelves, right? So there's like all these metal pieces that make up the tower, and then the shelves that are going to go in the shelving unit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm like, so we're pulling it out of there, and Sarah's like, "Man, this stuff is shredded." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "No wonder it was so heavy. Each one of these things weighs a ton, you know." But you grab yeah. them, and they're kind of flimsy aluminum, like they're not really like oh. hard. Okay. But they're, so it's heavy, but flimsy. 
but not really that strong of stuff, right? Okay. So, <laughs> right. So then, as we're unpacking the box, there's a little wooden with a, a, a rubber head on it, mallet, like a hammer. That's actually, mm-hmm. that's the tool that comes with it. Oh, goody. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. It comes with its own hammer? Nice. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've seen them come with like an Allen wrench, things that you're assembling, right? This has a literal rubber mallet hammer in the back. They said, you're going to need this. <laughs> you're going to be using a hammer with this. Like, you know, so that's the, that's the only tool in the box. Okay. <laughs> Tools needed on the instructions are hammer, pair of gloves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Literally in the instructions. There's a picture of the little hammer included, pair of gloves not included. <laughs> okay. They're like, that shit's sharp. You're going to want to protect yourself. Use a pair of gloves. Okay. So- yeah. Step one in the process, as I start to read the instructions, okay? I'm going to read you the first instruction here. Okay. You don't even need to see the photo because it's just like the side of a shelving unit, like, you know, two supports and a crossbeam, okay? Okay. Number one. This is the first number one. There's actually two number ones in the number one, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> number one. Clamp the short beam into the mouth of the column hoist. there's no descriptions for any of these pieces there's just short long you know like pieces clamp the short beam into the mouth of the column hoist note number one the second number one for the column gurned that's g-o-u-r-n-d they actually spelled it that way (laughs) for the column gurned put the big side upward and the small side downward period and for the inner plane comma put the fiat side up while the inclined side down <laughs> okay <laughs> so a fluent english speaker did not proofread that two snap the beam rivets into the small hole of the column tightly with the hammer while in tolling not i will not in-talling. i will not i will not be doing that so so you read that and you go, okay, so we're on we're our own. Like, there's a there's a breakout thing over here. It says, tap the convex surface, in quotes, rest assured knock, while wearing safety gloves. What's a rest assured knock? <laughs> you have, I gave it a good rest assured knock. So we take rest assured. I knocked it. There's little slots in it for the thing to go into. And you put the cross beams up, cross beam into two of the supports. Right. And you kind of knock it into place, right? Uh-huh. I do this, and it doesn't want to go in. Like, I have to hit it real hard, and it starts to bend and dent as I'm hitting it. <laughs> okay? That's how hard I'm hitting it to get it to snap into place. I get it to snap into place, and we turn it over, and it just falls right out. So, <laughs> so someone pranked you. Because I've never heard something sound so much like a birthday candle that lights itself. It keeps again. Yeah. Yeah. Like that sounds like a relighting birthday candle. That's what that shelving unit sounds like. 
So I flip it over and it falls out. And, and Sarah, I look at Sarah and I said, you made it fall out. And she looked at me and I was like, <laughs> so I was assuredly knocked it in there. Because she, <laughs> she realizes that I'm just like at my wits end with it already. Like, like, I started this. laughing as I read the instructions before I could go over. <laughs> and I was like, you won't believe what this says. And I like read it out loud to her. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then she reads it and looks back at with me with eyes that are like, I don't even understand what any of that says. <laughs> no. I mean, it literally, <laughs> it says clamp the short beam into the mouth of the column hoist. And I'm just completely lost. She's like, it looks like somebody stuck their instructions into Google Translate and then just copied and pasted it into the instruction manual <laughs> yeah i'm like that's what they did i think i need to put this into google translate and see how it comes out <laughs> i think i think it'll be worse <laughs> maybe chat gpt can help me with it you might you might try and figure out where it's manufactured and then find somebody who like speaks that language to backwards navigate so like these suggestions are really fabulous but I looked at Sarah and the box was still sitting on the floor. And I said, you know, a good place for this. And she's like, what? The like, trash. A good place for this. Let's put it back in that box over there and then take it to the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, she must have laughed for five minutes after I said, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> this is exactly the place <laughs> this thing needs to go. It looks great there. <laughs> what a waste of metal. Exactly. You know, the earth didn't make that metal so that humankind could fuck it up that bad. No, that that was not a waste of metal. You don't understand. I've gotten so many giggles out of it in the last oh, day. <laughs> I'm just saying. A comedy special has no carbon footprint. So we got it back into the, I mean, we had gotten that, you know, it had been sitting here for a couple of weeks because I got it before Christmas, right? Right. And I... um I, um, we got, we got into the Traverse and went to Home Depot and bought this hard plastic shelf, which okay. is way sturdier than that thing would have ever been with those bendy ass pieces of metal. Right. And it has the four tubes that go in each corner and mm -hmm. like you literally, we didn't even need to read the instructions. It was just like, Oh, we put four posts in, we snap the next shelf on four more posts go like, yeah. you know, <laughs> we honestly, assembled it in less than a minute you know i'm i'm super surprised you didn't just go to ikea or something and order from there because oh <laughs> well because amazon flat pack is not like like every ikea like storage shelf is that like it's not a fucking couch it's it's a shelf in the garage and it's exactly like that i hear you it's just that ikea requires a three-hour walk around a building to get to the checkout stand <laughs> not if you order it online and get it delivered to your door no okay um, so home depot just required a step inside the door go to right five column six and pick it up because we looked it up on online before we got there <laughs> okay well so, it worked out you got what you needed and i'm proud of you and we got to laugh. Yeah. Know, Bailey. Well, so, you guys you would know, laugh anyway because you find each other delightful. We do. But then, like, this was funny. I actually posted it on my Facebook, and I got I gave other people joy. Lisa mm -hmm. Clergit, in fact, said, this, this raised my BP a little as I read it. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then uh and then you promptly filled out a more accurate amazon review so that other people wouldn't be st- steered so wrongly no i wouldn't i wouldn't want to hurt damage their their particular their, their chance for joy i mean I, I, okay <laughs> no I, I actually looked in there and there are plenty of bad reviews i just didn't think to scroll down enough to get past the good ones yeah yeah there are like these ones where it's like I don't know what the fuck those people are talking about that this is easy to assemble, but yeah, <laughs> this is absolutely categorically not easy to assemble. Do not right. listen to them. They are full of crap, you know? <laughs> um, so similarly, <laughs> mine to it isn't going to help. Similarly, I have had a, a about equal success with some online ordering as of late um, because I had a $50 Etsy gift card from Grandma Diane, as you probably knew. Um, and I wrote her a thank you card and then promptly went on Etsy because there are a few things that like this apartment just needs. Um, and one of them is like a rug for the hallway and uh, something that like covers the water heater, like the the water boiler. Like I don't like that I can see it on my counter, like this big, ugly box. Right. Um, so I wanted like a screen to cover it and sit on the counter. Um, and then I was like, oh, I need to repot this plant. I'll get a planter thing. And thus ensued um, just me not understanding sizes of things because um, everything's in like centimeters here. Um, so the mess me up too. The screen that I got uh, from my counter, it said like mini room divider. And I was like, oh, it's just a tabletop size. Um, You can probably see it up there on my shelf right there. Okay. You see the the greeting card beside it for size comparison. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that ain't that ain't covering a water heater. (laughs) It's it's like it can fit in my palm. And I was. I, I literally I got the box and I was like, what the fuck is this that it could be that small? And I opened it up and I was like, oh, I did not convert that to inches really like I should have inherited this from me. I thought it was going to be like a like two feet tall you, you've and it was like six inches tall tops. You, you've inherited the ability to order the wrong size thing. And because it's from Etsy, it's not like I can like send it back or something. So I was just like, all right, now I have this dollhouse room divider. I ordered the JBL like Bluetooth speaker and I thought it was going to be those little hand size ones. Yeah. Literally like a boom. (laughs) Yeah. Like the boom box one. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I kept it because it sounds so fabulous and it's. Yeah. And it's cool. Honestly, I wish I had that in my kitchen. I think it would be dope. Um, (laughs) But it is. uh, it is definitely not one of the handheld ones. <laughs> like you can, you, you're not going to bring it around with you, like unless you're boomboxing. So well, unless you're doing like, I mean, it's it's great if you're having like an outdoor picnic or something, you know, where you, yeah, because it does have a nice handle and you can carry it. But yeah, and, the and then the a long time it, it'll play for like 10, 15 hours without charge. So uh-huh. yeah. and then the other thing was I got a rug that was just it, literally it's like a doormat size, and I thought it was going to be like normal room rug size yeah yeah it stinks too i've done that before like yeah yeah but but well and it was an expensive rug too if it's all in like metrics and we're you know yeah like it was just in the metric system and i messed up in england you know 
Yeah. So now it's just, it's a little mat that's like sitting beside my bed so that like, I don't get like gross feet stuff in the bed. You know, when you walk, I know you wear shoes around the house for this reason, but I just put a rug down by my bed so that I don't get like foot crusties on. I actually wear my... slippers or uh, at night or, um, or shoes because the dogs have a tendency to step on my feet. Oh, see, mine is, I don't like it when there are crumbs on my feet and then I step into bed and there are crumbs in my bed. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not really, my issue is that they, they will literally like step on my feet and they have claws. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and it hurts. So I'm, I'm a big wimp. So I wear shoes. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or slippers. We have, I have slippers at, at nighttime. I take them off when I go to sleep, obviously, and leave them by the bed and then yeah. put them on. But that yeah, it's mostly a uh, and also sometimes the floor can be a little slippery and having rubber is good you know like wandering to the bathroom or something in the middle of the night and mm -hmm. you know dogs yeah <laughs> dogs can sometimes leave you a present on the floor in the middle of the night you know yeah, that sounds bad. Um, I literally hate wearing shoes, so you know, I'm glad I don't have to worry about that. At three in the morning, when you got to go to the bathroom, you know. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although I have stepped in a hairball, and it is about as gross. <laughs> right. With bare feet. Yeah. Barefooted hairball. Ooh. I don't like how it squishes, and like the thing with a hairball is it like keeps its form so like you step in it and then you're like and then you're like still looking at the hairball <laughs> it fluffs right back up doesn't it yeah yeah it's nasty so yeah those poor dogs i mean they have a they have a rough life yeah <laughs> that's that's not that's sarcasm oh was it oh okay yeah, the dogs do not have a rough life they get to lounge out they don't have to go to work they don't have the new Jack, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, they kind of get to live the life like the lead character in office space wants to. What, what would you, um, if you had a, a, you know, a million dollars, I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 I guess the life of Jake and Sully. And I think I would do something different with a million dollars, but I understand the sentiment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I was just talking about this the other day. Someone was like, what would you do if you had a, like won the lottery or something? And I was like, honestly, I don't know if I could even collect earnings here. I probably could, but I've never looked it up. Uh, and second of all, I think I would just buy property first so that it could accrue value. And then I don't have to pay rent anymore. That would be the first thing I'd do. And then I'd get an accountant and I'd be like, hey, can you make sure that the property tax and everything comes out of this every month? Thanks. Um, well, I like that your answer was different from the neighbor of the guy in office space. Yeah. <laughs> who said, <laughs> what would I do if I had a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time, man. I think you could do that right now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah, but girls who would do it with a dude like me would be in for the money or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, he told him he could do nothing, too. He's like, nothing? Well, you don't need to be rich to do that. I got a cousin. He's broke. Don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
You don't have to be rich to do that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how is the um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing going? I know you've been getting that like completely off the ground. Yeah, so my um, one of my players gave me this intense leather notebook uh, for Christmas. Um, so I made like a whole bunch of different like encounter tables um, so that I don't have to like I felt like every week I was almost railroading them into something and I didn't like that. And so I was like, OK, I need to find a way around this where I feel like it's a little bit more organic, random bullshit. So um, I made these random encounter tables where it's basically like I roll a dice and then I have a sentence prompt on what happens next. And some of them are coherent things, like full ideas that I have, but some of them are here. I'll read one to you. I gotta find it first. Um, to your whole adoring public, Bailey. Okay, if they get a six, um, it just says sewer kobolds, and then in parentheses it says you smell gas in the street. Um. One of them says, someone pretty flirts with you and their partner notices. Um, one says, you find a farmer's market with disappearing patrons. Um, someone robs you. Fire hydrant explodes. Neighborhood kid makes you see dead people. Um, and the one that happened last week is... Uh, Food stall offers you free samples that are charmed to become addictive. Uh, so the entire thing they're ba like facing off on right now is inspired by the song Attack the Wiener Man by Here Come the Mummies. <laughs> where one of my players uh, was tempted by a hot dog stand vendor into eating one of his uh, foot-long hot dogs and then was charmed into obsession about the hot dogs and then he disappeared mysteriously. I love a deep storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, tr they're currently trying to hunt him down and there's this other B-plot thing going on. Um, and at the end of the session, it was like literally, I'm like, you find some relish on the ground. And they like literally, we like are sitting around after the session is over and they just all look at me and they go, Bailey, what the fuck was that? And I was like, what, you don't like the wiener man? <laughs> <laughs> They've yet to find him, actually. So uh, next time we'll see if they find the wiener man and figure out his, what his deal is. <laughs> so I love that it's like, um, I mean, so to me, Dungeons and Dragons is like a game that was called Zork. That was uh -huh. Commodore 64 back, you know, when I was a young person. And that, that means I'm okay. fucking old because... I think it was like 1983, the first time I played Zork. Um, okay. So, um, but uh, Zork kind of took you on an adventure, like by talking to you, you know, like by, all by words. There was no graphics on this game. It was just okay. Word games, and you'd say, walk east, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Type into the keyboard, walk east, enter. And then it would say, you've walked a few steps east. 
<laughs> walk east. You've walked a few more steps east and you come to a grotto. You know. Ooh. And then, and then you had to put in stuff like look around. Well, the grotto is covered in a grassy moss, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So, like that was kind of like you had to give it you know, it, it you had to come up with stuff. Like it wasn't yeah. fed to you at all. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, and so there were, there were like three Zork games and they were very popular like yeah. for the time. Um, and so Dungeons and Dragons seems to me like it's like you, uh, it's like, you know, in-person Zork with a bunch of people writing new and different creative, you know, outlines. Yeah. Well, and my philosophy with Dungeons and Dragons is I'm just trying to make it as ridiculous as possible for myself. You know, like I want to keep my own attention. Um, and I, I found with this group, what's really funny is like, I cannot predict what they're going to react to. Like sometimes I try and play to a player and give them a session that they're going to enjoy. But sometimes it's like, I just, I set aside the, I want you to have a good time. And I just make something for me. And usually that's the time when they like, well, we're going to go on a tangent for like 45 minutes on this. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, oh, and one of my players was kind of having a bad week and he's generally, I wouldn't say he's like a stoic guy. He's just very, um, like reserved, like, um, basically like the opposite of you when playing at Dungeons and Dragons, because I remember one time I led you through a session and you literally found a way to like cut someone's nuts off and feed it to them. <laughs> And I was like, okay, dad, that, that happens. You did it. Um, Jesus Christ. And, uh, so Billy's like the opposite of that where he like, he's strategic and he'll do like, you saying that mine got a little aggressive and maybe a little bit, you know, outrageous. graphic. Yeah. <laughs> graphic. Yes. Yes. It was graphic. Um, and so, so yeah, Billy's not a graphic guy, but, um, that wiener man plot, he told like three dick jokes in the course of like 20 minutes. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like all of us were looking around, like what's going on? <laughs> I was like, it's the hot dog thing, huh? Okay. You've turned it. You've got, you've gotten this all phallic here, Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want it outrageous. And I got it. Yep. Yeah. They did not disappoint. So, yeah, that was good. Um, I went to a Deathcore show on Friday. Yeah? How was it? Yeah. It was It was the Enterprise Earth show I told you about. It was really good. Um, it was about as good as expected. There are some interesting things about Scottish metal, um, like... Like, uh, for example, uh, Scottish metal fans um, have a cheer um, at shows. And I think I've heard it other places, too. It's just not as common. Like, I think hardcore shows do it more often. Uh, the crowd chants, here we, here we, here we fucking go. Okay. Um, which is in the same vein as uh, who day, who day, who they, who they think could beat the Bengals. Right. Um, so very funny to me that that pattern has picked up in those multiple ways. Uh, the other thing is that their mosh pits are just like weird. Like if they don't mosh like 
Midwesterners mosh, if that makes sense. Like, like I've been in mosh pits where like the energy stays at 110% pretty much the entire time through both performances. Like uh, I was in a crowd for Joyce Manor and Danny Brown in Detroit and I shit you not, there were times where I was like genuinely afraid I wasn't going to be able to escape the mosh pit. Like, cause it was just, it just kept going and there were like no clean exit routes. Um, Scottish mosh pits are not like that. It's like mainly, so it was a sold out show, but every side of the room except for the middle was like crammed with people because in the middle, there was an allocated like area for the circle pit, but the circle pit was only maybe like 25 people tops and three or four of those people were actively whacked out or incredibly overly aggressive. So like the lead singer would be like, spin this fucking room or whatever the fuck. And they would like 25 people doing a lap around the room, like pushing a little bit so that other people join in. Um, and then those three or four crazy motherfuckers would just stop in the middle of the running and turn their asses around so that they could clothesline other people. Um, yeah. And then they'd walk to the corners of the mosh pit and they would like push people and then actively drag them into the pit. But usually that works to like, oh, the entire crowd is now part of the mosh pit and everything kind of evens out. No, these three or four people were just on their fucking own. Like the rest of the room was actively afraid and like on guard. Like they were like, don't fucking touch me. Like they were upset that those people had showed up to the metal show. It was like this, the genre for this fucking show is death core. And you guys are looking at a mosh pit. Like it's going to attack you because it will like. <laughs> well, the, um, so the first time I was ever in a crowd that felt really uncontrolled was um, the 1988 show. Uh, it was uh, uh, Europe and Def Leppard at the fairgrounds, at the Indiana yeah. State Fairgrounds. And mm -hmm. the track had no seats on it. So we were down there and there it was just all people. A right. Of people, and there were way too many people. Because, right. I mean, there's plenty of track, right? But in front right. of the stage, there isn't. So everybody's kind of teaming in together to be there. And it wasn't yeah. like a mosh pit situation. It was just like the crowd. You moved wherever the crowd did. And you had no control because they, they were so tight that was, together. You know? That was exactly Joyce Manor and Danny Brown. It was just yeah. it was like you could walk to the periphery. Like if you were not in the densest part of it, you could easily walk out and move around. But if you were within i would say 10 feet of the stage in any direction you weren't yeah, moving I was like i was like in the second row of people you know up by yeah. the stage when europe got done and the thing it was outside and it was july so it was f very humid and it had been raining all day mm -hmm. and um so the sun had caused it to be super humid and i started to feel sick this is how you can get out of the middle of that crowd though bailey you okay yell, i'm gonna throw up and then people part for you to, <laughs> to leave to leave right yeah you can just like walk through a nice path out to the edge and and go and go throw up um yeah because that worked for me 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna puke and like the thing just like uh, it was like people just started scooting oh, well we're gonna get out of your way um <laughs> yeah you know? <laughs> you know what so on Friday night a guy like maybe a song into the la- like the headliner was shadow of intent a song or two into shadow of intent. Um, you ever see a light show and you're like, man, if I were epileptic, this would be like, not great for me. Um, so there was definitely like a 45 year old man in the crowd who that night realized that he was epileptic. Like I'm sure he was not before, but he definitely had a seizure like in the crowd and they had to stop the show to like, make sure he got out. Okay. Um, but it was like one of those things where I was like, you know, this is really the worst place to find that out. <laughs> like no doubt. I was in Dallas one time and, uh, it was Halloween and, um, I think it was, uh, 97 or so it was right after you were born. And, um, the, um, we, we went into this club because I was there for several weeks working and we went into this club cause it was Halloween and there were Halloween things going on everywhere. And it was like mm-hmm. that, like all they did was have a strobe on like the whole time it, it, we, I, we were there maybe 30 minutes. And I wanted to go because the, I mean, I, I'm not epileptic at all, but that strobe was just getting to me. It was like 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they had a disco ball and a strobe pretty much going yeah. the whole time. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, this is killing me. <laughs> Will somebody kill Like, how do you work in here? Like, yeah. why, you know, like a strobe is a, is a, is an extra effect people. It is not the main source of lighting. Okay. Stop it no. with a strobe. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember like thinking, you know, the same thing you did. I hope nobody's epileptic in here because they're just going to pass out on the floor like this. is. Yeah. And he literally he did like his eyes started flickering and he went down and uh, somebody else had to carry him out of the pit. The security came and then they dragged him down a flight of stairs. And after dragging him down a flight of stairs, because that's the only way to get away from the flashing lights. um. I literally, I think I, I was like, okay, well, that guy just got the EMTs called on him and this show's getting back up. So I'm probably going to make my rounds and head out. I talked to the bassist from Enterprise Earth for a bit. Um, and then as I was walking down the stairs, the ambulance was there with a fucking gurney to get him out of there. So, Well, it's cool that you got to go, though. I mean, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It's also, I don't know if I told you about this venue, but it's called Cat House. Um, The locals call it Caddy, like C-A-T-T-Y. And um, it's up three fucking flights of stairs. And then the top room. Yeah. Yeah. there, And then the top. Yes. Yes. I understand. That is exactly what I'm telling you. Um, So the, the top floor is a dueling banjo style bar. So on one side, it's the bar and it faces the stage. And then there's two hallways on either side of the stairwell um, that lead to the back bar. Uh, and then that's where they do like the merch setup. Um, and one of the hallways is lined with like a couch so you can like sit down and chill. Uh, it's similar to Burnside Inn is what you're saying. I'm trying to remember the layout. It's similar to that, except way fucking bigger. Well, yeah, I mean, that like, like way bigger. It's, it's like, as it's like kind of laid out like Burnside, except for it is the size of the Egyptian room. Oh, okay. Well, that's mad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if if you took the no 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 it, it, the just the top floor is that large space. So they've divided the space of the Egyptian room into two bar rooms and a smoking area and a lounge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like a weird fucking configuration. And on top of that, they don't have a freight elevator. So like when I saw Enterprise Earth while I was home in Indy, I was talking to um, Dakota about it because I was like, oh, yeah, that room is really cool. You're playing there on Friday the 13th. That'll be a really cool show. And he goes, they don't have a freight elevator. So I'm honestly dreading it because we have to carry the drum kit up three flights of stairs. Oh, well, I mean, you had to carry everything up to Burnside, too. There's no elevator. Yeah. But like you're not having a th you're not having three separate metal bands play at the top floor of Burnside Inn. No, they don't have any. I mean, generally, they just do acoustic bands up there or, um, you know, or, you know, light electric. They don't have drums. A lot of a lot of them. They, they might bring in. I've seen yeah. somebody have a um, like a small you know, like a small, like kit, like a two piece kit. Yeah. It's like a snare and a cymbal and with like a kick pedal. It's not like an actual drum. It's just like, a that's, that's about the limit. I feel like for Burnside in, but if, if at the top of a three story staircase no, is like a room you know, that big, I almost get not, it. The stairs are not good for carrying stuff up. Right. Cause they're no. really steep or the back stairs, which you can take, which are outside are like, there's like a concrete wall on both sides of you. So there's no, mm -hmm. It's it's like it's really narrow. It's not as steep, but it's narrow. Yeah. So, like I usually go up that steps because I can carry like a, a acoustic guitar and a bag up the narrow steps. Yeah. And it's less steep than the other. The other ones are really steep. They're wider though. So if you were bringing in like more equipment, you would come up the wider staircase because you wouldn't right. carry them up the other staircase. Yeah. Uh, um, well, so basically it was like, it was interesting because we were having a conversation about it. And then Dakota goes like, are there other venues in Glasgow? And I was like, are there other fucking, but you think their only venue is this room? Yeah. I was like, yeah, 100%. He was like, okay, what are the, uh, what are the other venues? I was like, honestly, if you like, they had an upgraded show, I think it was in, it might've been in like Birmingham or Southampton or something, but it got upgraded to, um, the same like company that runs a venue down South. And, um, so I was like, well, there is OVO hydro. And then there's, um, a place on like in an old warehouse called SWG three, which is like, those are probably the two venues that are like a size up from cat house. And I was like, but there's also a place called King Tut's Wawa hut. That is definitely like a similar sized room and it only has one flight of stairs. So I kind of feel like maybe more places myself. There are not a lot of like a ground floor venues. Um, yeah, it's pretty much like everything is either in the basement of a bar or the bar is in the basement and you have to go through the bar to the event space. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been in a lot of places with, with, you know, uh, like I was playing over in Springfield, Illinois, and there was, there was some crazy steps. Like they, it was like left I remember you go, you go left up the stairs and then right, and then like it kind of angles back and then it goes to the left again. And it was like a zigzag <laughs> staircase and you get yeah. up to the top and we had to carry PA up that and that's dunk. They didn't have PA. They Ugh. didn't have PA up there. You had to bring, bring your own. And it, it was, 
<laughs> yeah. All these stairs. And, um, yeah, I, I, that, that's like a, uh, it, it's a no from me, like as yeah. to that. You know well, and honestly, <laughs> there is also a venue called the old hairdressers where it is like that. It's like, you have to go through a maze of very fucking narrow staircases to get to the space. And it's like, dude, I don't, narrow. they were just really like odd. Like you go one way and then the other way. And there's so many, like, because uh, the, the first floor of the venue was like 20 feet high. So, mm -hmm. You know, when you're going through all those steps and the second floor was really tall as well. It's just, you know, it's like when the ceilings are 20 feet high, the stairs are like, you know, twice as many to, right. get, to the, <laughs> to get to the next level. Right. Right. It's like, the, the, and, and it, you know, I don't particularly want to climb stairs when I'm not carrying anything at all. So climbing them while like four trips up with speakers and gear yeah. is, <laughs> you know. Well, honestly, it's like. And then the worst thing is down, right? Yeah. Like, you would think that it's harder to carry it up, which it is. But after you've played for a couple of hours, then you have to. to you're exhausted and then you have to. Yeah. You have, yeah. And you're like worried about falling down them because you're carrying this heavy stuff and right. Know, and you're tired, not, <laughs> you know, Uh huh. but I mean, I guess it's good exercise. It's just a younger man's game for me or for sure. You know, I need to hire a road crew. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> of like 18 year olds that can handle all that carrying. Yeah, I think the like these guys I'm talking about are in their mid twenties, so it's they like still are like done with that, right? Like they don't like. Well, they're a little bit like. Well, we are at the point where we could probably book something else out. You know, like I think yeah. that they. Is there another this place is, that's easier to get our stuff in and out of. <laughs> yeah, like especially this is I, this is the second European tour that Dakota specifically has been on. I'm sure, you know, it's at least the second time. Well, in know, the past two like years, they've been to Glasgow, so it's not such a big deal, right? Yeah. Like, if there were a freight elevator and you weren't carrying a fucking metal drum kit up three flights of stairs, like that's a different I mean, story. I mean, the, if they have an elevator, then I don't care what floor it's on. Right. Yeah. Like I'll gladly put the stuff in the elevator and let it, you know, I mean, yeah, um, it, it's the, um, you know, those places that have no, there's no elevation and you've got to carry heavy. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, PA speakers they they're not light they're like 30 40 pounds you know yeah <laughs> and you start carrying them up speaker upstairs and you know you can only well, I just imagine it's down. like if i had more than one of those venues on a tour you're basically like all right and on top of like not getting any sleep and living on a tour bus and like bus, heating yeah, like shit in yeah in a, in a hotel room well for their european tour they're actually in a bus bus but they were in a that that was one of the things I asked them because um, Adam was touring with them in a literal van um, right. when they were yeah. touring North America. And I was like, what are you guys staying in? And they were like, the bus. And I was like, okay, so when you say bus and they were like, it's an actual bus, it has a bathroom and a kitchen. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, because you guys were living in like squalid conditions, you were like getting a Planet Fitness membership so you could shower, like. No, I feel that like, you know, um, the, for me, it's, it's always been a hotel room cause I'm not doing that, but well, <laughs> you also did not live a tour life, dad. Like, like, I mean, when I, whenever I've gone on something, generally I, I try to make it, it's only like a one night thing anyway. 
because I don't want to be away that long. But mm-hmm. yeah, or not even stay. Like we, I, I, I've played in Columbus several times and not stayed at all. We just like, I mean, it's it's quite a drive, but we just drove over, played the show, came back, got home at like four in the morning. You know. Yeah. Um, which you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, but that's why I'm not doing much of that because I don't want to. Like I, I mm-hmm. go and you know, I, I don't want to drive back at three in the morning anymore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would definitely stay if I started doing shows again. Um, on on in, in you know in the neighboring states, I would definitely just get a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, it's. The, 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 the real problem also comes into like you have a lot of expensive equipment in your vehicle and mm-hmm. you start like leaving it parked at a hotel and going in and mm-hmm. the risk of somebody like breaking the breaking into the vehicle and stealing four grand worth of stuff is right. Real. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, and then sleeping in a van, I'm well past that. I'm old, man. There's no. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance of that happening. I'm not sleeping in a van. There better be a real bed in the van, not like one of those air beds or, you know, futon mattress thrown in there. It would have to be like an actual bed. Right. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> my back, I would wake up the next day and be like, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. that happens in my regular bed. Like, <laughs> I feel like you would fully cry. <laughs> yeah. If you slept, if if you slept on a futon mattress in the back of a van, I think you would not sleep. You would just weep. You, you'd literally the sun would rise, and you'd go, "Why?" I wake up and stagger around for a while with my lurched over with my back on fire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's you know the thing is that's a that's a twenty year old's game, man. Yeah. If you get over 30, no one wants to do that. <laughs> right. You know, uh, so that's, that's the way it is. <sighs> and you're, you're five years or so. You won't want to sleep in the back of a van on a futon either. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to do that now. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's really lucky. I don't have to. Don't have to have no interest in being in a career path that would lead me to living in the back of a van in a tour van in a in a tour van in any van um, cohabitating in a van sounds nearly impossible to me. Um, I, mean, I feel like the so um, rather than a tour, uh, a tour bus would be, you know, uh, of course, great. But, um, you know, if if you're going to do it on a lower budget, like a fifth wheel camper. So that you can leave the camper parked and still have a truck to drive around. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Mobile living as a as a lifestyle doesn't appeal to me at all. No, I, I didn't mean as a like, lifestyle. I just mean like while you're touring. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I know there are people that like, you know, actually live in their mobile vehicle, right? Yeah, like I'm not a van lifer but I, is I'm, what I'm I, saying. I, I'm like I wouldn't do anything resembling that. But, no. you know, I could see doing it for a, a tour for like a month or whatever, you know. Um, it is it is more likely that I would willingly camp 
in the great outdoors for a month than I would ever live in a van for a month because I feel no, like my van. problem I'm with I'm talking about like a fifth wheel or like a, a camper where it's got a okay bed in it and stuff I I, I I even then I would not because the there's a certain amount of like I don't like the insinuation that I am in society like if I am in society I'm not fucking like I'm not emptying out the like sewage of the vehicle no um i would much rather live in the woods for a month the dump and and pull the lever and let it no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna do that i would rather literally have to take a little shovel and bury my own shit than empty a sewage tank i can see that yeah because it it lacks pretension, and also the gross isn't happening in massive amounts. It's just a little gross you, you over have time. A moment of being a cousin Eddie and going shitter was full. Yeah, no, it's okay. I don't need. <laughs> Why is he smoking a cigarette in that scene? You know, like cigar. He's inhaling it. It's like a but, cigar. Uh, yeah. I, here's here's my problem with cousin Eddie. Okay, it's not even that he's doing something dangerous. Okay, like there's only one one problem. Yeah, here's my problem with cousin Eddie. It's not that he is doing something dangerous or like bad for other people because, like, I've met selfish idiots, right? Like, we all have. We live in the Midwest, he's a caricature of something. I think my problem with cousin Eddie is that he does things that are actively disgusting (laughs) when you puff on a cigar the point of puffing on a cigar is to get the mouth feel and really ruminate in the flavors of the cigar if you do that with the same hands that are pumping literal shit out into the world there is actively shit on your hands and then there's actively shit particles in your mouth while you're soaking up the smoke of that cigar you are mouth feeling your own sewage and that's my problem with him this is my pride and joy snot (laughs) he's a gross gross man and I don't respect that. <laughs> They're getting food and he's throwing dog food in the cart. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> not just the dog's going to eat it. You know what I'm talking about? Well, what I, what I love about that scene is that he also, he's like, oh no, Clark, we couldn't accept charity from family. <laughs> As he's, Yeah. Yeah, well, and then he pulls out a list. That's a Shelton right there. <laughs> Acting like he won't take charity, but he will. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he's... <laughs> uh, Eddie, my, my list of problems with Eddie is long. <laughs> Your list of problems with Eddie is ro- long because you haven't reconciled the fact that Eddie is just a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. I mean, I'm sure he's a bad person in some way, but he's also... You know, <laughs> fucking gross. <laughs> oh, gross. The, 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 I guess the main problem with Eddie is that, you know, I might have family members that are so close to being like him. That <laughs> I, I would argue that pretty much every 
every member of your family that was around when you were a kid. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like the generation above you and then the generation you're in, I would say 90% of that side of your family. No, his cousin Eddie. There's not, there's not, not 90, no, probably two or three that are like him. <laughs> percentage wise. Oh, no, even percentage wise. I would say at least 75. No. <laughs> okay. I don't think you've met that many of them, I think, is the thing, because we haven't really hung out with the redneck side of the family. <laughs> okay. 75% of the people that I have met actively and had a conversation with from your side of the family. Yeah. You were scared that they were just cousin Eddie? No, I wasn't scared that they were Cousin Eddie. I had a conversation with them, and I went, mm, you're kind of... You're like Cousin Eddie or one of his kids. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. kids, to me, are even scary. It's, and here's the thing. It's not a redneck thing. Like, I've met plenty of rednecks who aren't like that, but... <laughs> but Grandpa Jim is, like, was... Redneck hillbilly thing, yeah. Well, the gross as fuck for no apparent reason thing. <laughs> you can be a redneck and not be gross i don't understand the need to be gross like like especially for people who have like moved out of a redneck lifestyle to a certain degree it's like the thing is like to be gross and a redneck when you don't literally work on a farm and do things Maybe with livestock a higher tolerance for gross how's that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Okay. Because if you're not handling like, pig like shit, like, like I don't think that you should allow for yourself to be to gross. Sure. <laughs> like a little desensitized to gross <laughs> to the point where you you think shitter's full is kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. Okay. It is funny. I'm not saying it's not funny. I'm just saying it's kind of gross that he is puffing that into his soft tissue. He says he says, hey, "Can I? Would you mind if I tried refurbishing this chair? It's a good quality item." <laughs> I totally could hear one of my uncles saying that. <laughs> I could hear one of your uncles saying that too. <laughs> Meaning it and putting the fucking thing back. To, oh, I took the upholstery off of it. I took it and cleansed it up, and hell, it's good as new. <laughs> when they greased the bottom of the sleds to go down the hill faster. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's uh, Clark. Uh, <laughs> I like that Eddie was like, you know, the funny thing is he was like the voice of reason in that one. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, Clark. I don't know. <laughs> All I got between my head is a piece of government plastic. I don't think I could like, you know. Yeah. He's like, Have you ever tried that on an actual sled before, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when Eddie, Eddie, Eddie was speaking reason. from the, the point of, I have jumped off of a roof before and it didn't go my way. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he's like, I've seen the, Hey, y'all watch this video. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the former, Hey, y'all watch this type people who are always like, I don't, you're going to lose a finger. <laughs> and they're right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I learned that um, it isn't just rednecks that do crazy, stupid things is the first time I watched Jackass. Oh, I knew that from 
<laughs> you know? It, I yeah, I, I think I was maybe I six. Was exclusively a redneck trait growing up. Oh, you know, I got no. A teenager, and then uh, Jackass came out, like the first one. Like the show on MTV. And you were like, oh, California skaters do that too. Interesting. Yeah, they, they do stupid shit too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Greenfield, we had a really diverse um, array of people doing stupid shit, um, which was a really nice change. Um, so, really, like everybody was responsible for bodily harm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we used to do a lot of the things that, like, a jackass had nothing on us when I was growing up. We did crazy. I, I once saw a seven year old throw a car battery at a pile of rocks. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, that's 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 lame. We the time that we um, we built a ramp that was going to jump this little creek. The creek was maybe. Oh yeah, and then he, the kid peed on it. I forgot about that part. My bad. Oh, on the battery. Yeah. Yeah. That's even better. To see if it would sizzle. That was what he was trying to. So the um, the ramp we built a ramp uh, like a bike ramp to jump over this creek. The creek was maybe ten feet across, right? Right. And. Um, the ramp we made, you know, we weren't we weren't physics majors yet. You know, we were like twelve, right? And we right. were using scrap wood like that we had found wherever. Yeah. And um we built this thing together and it was kinda like, Do you think we could make it across? Right? Like <laughs> you know, but you know, uh, everybody's like, mm, don't know. Like, you know, like I don't because you got the thing about going up a ramp and over something is you have to have a lot of you have to have more speed than you would think because you have to get yeah. that like keep the speed as you go up the ramp, right? Yeah. It's like like uh, 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 the first time up the ramp, you don't realize how hard you have to pedal at the end. Like you get pedaling really fast as you're going toward the ramp, but on the ramp, in order to ha maintain the speed you had going toward the ramp, you have to yeah. pedal like twice as hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Because the ramp is just to increase your elevation, right? Because yeah, it's, it's like down because you're going up a hill, right? Yeah. Because well, basically, it's like basically the the ground is going to pull you downward at the same rate, but you just want to reach the other side by the time it does that. Yes, and so the other thing that you don't really take into account is on the other side, there's not like anything to land on. There's right. like just grass and like yeah crap like not even really grass like thistly crap on the other side of this creek yeah it's right? like crab grass gravel bullshit yeah well yeah and the bike isn't gonna go in that crap like yeah you get okay so it, it, it looks kind of soft right like you're right. gonna land in something you know but like you could barrel roll well you think it's soft but i mean there's the some of those sticks and stuff they don't feel good when you land on them Right. right. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, I and my other friend, we were uh, like me and Shane, we were like, OK, I don't know if we'll make it over or not. And like, you know, we started to think about it as like the first time, like Shane rode up. And he got about halfway up it and kind of just stopped himself. He's like, okay, I don't have enough speed because, like, you got to really pedal. You know, like, he kind of went up it and rolled back down, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, yeah, well, this other kid who shall remain nameless because, you know, it's a little embarrassing. He said, I'll go first, you know, and we were like, sweet. We got a test. test. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're okay. We've been working on this thing all day, 
right? Like it is by all means, guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want to go first? Okay. You know, he goes and he didn't have enough speed and he landed on the other side. And when he landed his, um, uh, like he landed short uh, on his front wheel and his handlebar hit him right in the wrong spot. And he was badly injured in the, in the, yeah groin okay oh and um bleeding and like that was when dad had to come down because we had to go up and and then he you know dad called an ambulance and (laughs) yeah and then then we were made to disassemble and burn the ramp yeah (laughs) before that that seems like a valid lesson While he was carted off to the hospital, we had to disassemble and burn all the parts that made up the ramp so that it wouldn't get rebuilt again. Yeah. (laughs) That's the long and the short of that. I like the burning part. I like that he was like, and you're going to burn it so that I know. (laughs) Because I don't trust that you won't put it back together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. You stupid little shits. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Even if you land over there, you're going to crash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're 12. So, you know. Wouldn't it be cool to jump the creek? <laughs> yeah, it would. It's like, You know, you could have built a bridge with all the wood you used. <laughs> could have. Okay. But it's not like jumping it. <laughs> it's not anything like jumping it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah any old way i um this week oh i got us back on track yes you did now i uh do want to say that with regard to the gilmore girls i did not do six because i realized it was the end of a season so i stopped yeah we just stopped season. at 24 yes yeah or whatever number it was i think it was 20 it was 24 right into the season so, well. you know, we'll start on season four next time. Mm-hmm. Like the end of that season really deserves like us to stop for a minute and reflect, I think. Yeah. So, well, so we start off and Keg Max episode 19, <laughs> you know, and we start off and what I, w- I want to say before we start off this uh, piece, the start off of that episode has this little bit in it that like, um, it's the greatest, like she won't tell her the whole story. She like starts to tell, like Lorelai starts to say something and then she stops herself and Rory says, you can't do that. That's like doing shaving a haircut and not doing the rest of it. She's yeah. Like, Come on. You got to do the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to, unless you tell tell me that, <laughs> but you have to, you have to, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> so I love that. Like, because it's sort of a, um, you know, uh, a metaphor for the rest of, you know, all these little things where you're not telling me the whole story. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know everything that's happening. <laughs> well, and it's like, basically this episode is like, okay, we're going to bring up some shit. Like, like, like there's some stuff that is about to burst. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, they, they, it's the first Friday night that they don't have to go to dinner. Yeah. Bored because they don't have anything to do. (laughs) You know? And so Rory called uh, Richard and Emily just to see what was, you know, to say hi. And And they're having like a party. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. They got like 50 people over. Because <laughs> be damned if they were going to sit there bored with the. Right. <laughs> yeah. They made plans. They had. Here's the thing. They had all week to be like, we need to make sure we have plans for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we're not just going to sit here and mope. We yeah. be that while they go off and have a good time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming to the end of Chilton um, and graduation and everything. And Lorelai has to be dragged into the booster club. Yeah. Yes, she does. Because she needs to participate. They want her. And they're going to be treasurer. Yeah. For the yacht event. For the yacht event. Yes. Yeah. I also like the the appearance of Doug, the father, the male father. Who's just being eaten alive? Like he says something like, "Well, my daughter was eighteen when she was ten years old," and the other woman goes, "Men." Like <laughs> he goes, "What?" And Lorelai goes, "Don't feed into it. It's going to get worse." Like <laughs> don't let them gang up on you like that, Doug. <laughs> yeah, you're looking for a chink in your armor. I love my favorite part of the whole booster club. Like talking about the yacht thing. Is when Paris comes in to talk about talk to them, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she wants it moved to a hotel because you know, and she has a laundry list of bad things about being on a boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, and you're stuck on the boat and you can't leave. And then when you have, <laughs> you know, somebody gets seasick and they start to puke over the railing, how is that a fun time? And then you know, she's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the greatest thing about them was they were all very Paris, but they were also very, very real things that could probably happen on the yacht. <laughs> yeah, some of them were great points. Like the you can't leave the party early. That's a great one. You're right. I do want the ability to leave anytime I want because sometimes parties suck and I want to leave before they're over. <laughs> right. Or I might have an emergency or anything could happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it'll be beautiful. We'll be out sailing on a yacht. We'll force everyone in the senior class to be there. That sounds awful. Like, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> right. It's been a dramatic year at Chilton, too. Like, these kids have been clawing at each other for Ivy League spots. Like, they're not happy, necessarily. So, the, uh, you know, of course, there's a bunch of layoffs happening at the hotel because of the fire. Right? Yeah. At the, at the Independence yeah. Inn. And um, Michelle is supposed to fire. I love this little scene where Michelle's supposed to fire the maintenance guy, right? And, yeah. and he doesn't want to do it because he rescues Chow Chow puppies and he's adopted Pow Pow and Chin Chin from him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, So can you fire him for me? You know? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves his newfound puppies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's know. like, I'm going to feel real bad about the puppies if I have to fire this man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, like, you know, it's a nice groundwork because Chin Chin and Pow Pow, they don't disappear from the series after this. Like, this is their, this is their, no, they keep characters. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so uh, I, so we have the whole, like, it's sort of like Max's last hurrah, right? Um, it's uh, it's like Lorelai not realizing that the will they won't they cannot go on, but right? She, but Max does, and he's finally gotten there. Like he should have said yeah. a while ago, but he's 
Well, yes, but it just it takes time sometimes. Yeah, so like, you know, he kind of ignores her even though they had kissed in the previous episode, right? And so she's yeah. a little freaked out by that and she goes to find him cuz he isn't in the booster club meeting the next time. And um and he's like, "We got to keep 10 feet between us." <laughs> I can't trust yeah. myself within 10 feet of you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "No." <laughs> I'm saying no. Yeah. So I I love that. Um and then um, I love the little band pieces that are happening. Uh-huh. In this one. They're having a party. Like yeah. they're, they're the musicians at a party. I love that kid who's hiding everything his parents have. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great thing. Isn't it? He's like, Oh, we got to mm-hmm. make sure we get rid of the, you know, whatever Voss like, <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he and some other kid are bubble wrapping his mom's creepy figurine figurines. And he goes, oh, no, the crying little boy is her favorite. <laughs> right. So Dude, your parents are freaks. He's going to have like, a party in their house, but he's trying to be, um, you know, respectful. Yeah. Respectful about it, you know? And uh, I love the band names like that. They keep coming up with, they got like, yeah, I think one, they're, they're the one that, um, uh, what's his name? Oh God, his name's escaped me at the moment. But he he wants this really long name for the band. Yeah. It's like, um, oh, I didn't I didn't write it down, but it was like it was brutal. It was like twenty mm-hmm. words long, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and then we could be called like an acronym for that <laughs> after yeah. we get really famous, you know? <laughs> well, and like basically, like I love that Young Chu is there. Like this is like the height of Lane being like between two boys and young Chu is there as her like chaperone or whatever the fuck. And Dave just looks at him and goes, you know, young Chu, you really shouldn't stand in the like performers area. There's a lot of cords here and I wouldn't want you to get electrocuted to death. <laughs> yeah. Dave's had enough of young Chu. He would like him. Yeah. Yeah. Also had really enough of Lane, not telling her mom. Well, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, of course, Lane, Jess is there, right? I guess this is the, the part that it, um, you know, it turns off. Jess is supposed to get prom tickets to take her to the prom. But yeah. he, he finally goes to buy prom tickets, which is his first time being at school in like a month. And they tell him he can't graduate because he's passed the 20-day absence limit and he flunked out. And he yeah. can't make any of it up. And... um like it's it's like we we all knew it was going to happen because they had set it up for several episodes right well and then you know what it was like the part that really it was like hey jess are you gonna learn this lesson because like it's being laid out for you that this is 100 percent your fault and he has this like half second where he's going to try and he's like trying to weasel his way out of it he's like well, thanks for telling me. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. It were the nine different times we gave you written and verbal warnings and tried to set up meetings with you and your guidance counselor. Not enough. Like, did you need more? And then you're thinking you're like, so the school's been doing that. It's been all this time. And every time he's absent, they've said something. And then on top of that, his parents and everybody in town have been like, you need to go to school. Right. And Luke even like hid his car. Yeah. Because so that he would go to school. So that he would go like, you know, of course it was quote unquote stolen, but we know he hid it even though that we won't find that out until a couple more episodes will come out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, like Luke was doing everything he could for him, you know? Yeah. And 
and then um, Jess gets, um, you know, sullen because he doesn't want to tell Rory, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't want to tell her because he's really ashamed of it because he knows he's smart enough and then he shouldn't have let it happen. And then it was all purely stupid on his part. He yeah. just gone to school and passed easily, right? Yeah. And um, And so he, you know, kind of does his thing where he doesn't want to talk about it at the party. And I think really on that is he doesn't know how to tell her. And he also knows that when he does tell her that it's probably going to end their relationship. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like that it's that bad, you know, it's going to, and he knows that when he has to tell Luke, it's probably going to end that relationship. Right. Like, (laughs) it's like, this is, he knows it's catastrophic and then he, and and it's over and there's nothing he can do about it, but he's trying to delay telling anyone. Right. Yeah. And that's why he tries to get with Rory right then, because he's like, I'm never going to have an opportunity again. If she isn't into it now, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm done. Right. Yeah. And, and then she's, she gets mad because she knows that she's like, I'm not doing this here. This is sleazy basically. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, no, it's my first time. I want to be special. It's not even that she wouldn't do it. It's just that she wouldn't do it there, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so she's upset because he won't tell her what the hell's wrong. And she comes down the stairs and then Dean sees her upset and thinks that Jess was some kind of jerk, which he was, but not in the way that Dean really thinks. Right. Yeah. And, and then, (laughs) and then Dean just punches him. (laughs) <laughs> right i mean he just i was like there was no chance for just to avoid the fight right like yeah it, it, it wasn't like you know oh now he shouldn't fight dean what the hell is he gonna do he just got cold cocked like yeah and <laughs> he has no and then when dean went up to him and punched him square in the face yeah <laughs> right i mean it is which like- is also a a thing where Dean is throwing away a certain amount of whatever, right? Because he's in he's front of everyone he, throwing away his relationship with Rory. Really? He thinks, yeah. he, he thinks that he, before that he may have had some sort of shot in his mind. Right? Yeah. But the second that he punches Jess, but he Rory's like, Oh, have a shot in his mind. And that's also part of why he punches. I think not just yeah. because he saw her upset, but because he was like, you know what? I can hit D, him. I'm Rory's not ever going to be with me again, you know. Yeah. Like, and I'm with this other girl, and I want to get married, which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So he like whacks Dean in the face, Jess, and I mean that was a really good fight, right? Like they 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 did a good job of going around and damaging almost every room in the house. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it really that fight was like this was why we were bubble wrapping all day. This was why <laughs> we, we were we were bubble wrapping thing all, all day because Gene, Dean and Jess might be at this party together. But yeah. Yeah. So that went, you know, horrible. And then that kind of led into the next episode where we're at the start of it. And uh, Rory has left her bag at the party. Uh huh. And so she has to walk back into the house. Actually, it wasn't Rory's. It was Lane's backpack. Right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, so Lorelai's like, you were at a party where the cops were called. (laughs) You're my hero. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, 
And then uh, the uh, Luke comes walking up because he's got to pay for the Hummel, <laughs> which, is, which is really bothering him. Like the Hummel itself, the idea of a broken Hummel that he's got to yeah. pay for. That you know, if you if you thought he was just going to be mad about the fight or whatever, he would have been. But there's if it weren't for the fact of the Hummel, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that thing like that's like the the cherry on top of the anger. You know how sometimes there's like this thing that it, it really isn't that bad. No, compared to the but Hulk. it's just the <laughs> but, extra thing that like really really. And now I've got to pay for the broken Hummel. Yeah. <laughs> I would never fucking pay for a Hummel. Like, you know, like. (laughs) 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 So, and then I love that, like, Luke walks away and Lorelai starts singing The Wind Beneath My Wings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rory's like, what? You're my hero. Like, (laughs) there are two boys fighting over you at the party where the cops got called, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um so then we go to the diner where Jess is covering the diner because Luke is over there paying for paying for the Hummel. Yeah. The Hummel. Yeah. And I love Taylor is announcing the opening of the old-fashioned soda shop and candy store and Luke walks right past that business when he comes in. Like normally, you know, he would stop and be all caught up in whatever the fuck Taylor was doing in his store, right? Uh-huh. But this time, that is completely not even acknowledged. Like I'm like, oh, Luke's gonna come in. This is gonna be funny. And I was like, nope, he didn't even notice Taylor. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. <that> mad. <laughs> in fairness, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um. Uh, um <laughs> So he's like telling him he's going to pay for the damage and all of that stuff, you know, and Jess still hasn't told him. And uh, Jess's dad is in the corner at the diner and we don't know who he is right at that point. Um, He's just sitting there like, you know, being Jess, only older, right? Yeah. (laughs) And um, so uh, Luke, you know, after the confrontation, of course, you know, the guy walks out and he's, his wallet's still sitting there. And so he figures out it's him because he didn't, he, 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 he just his da- dad kind of left as soon as he saw Luke because he knew Luke would recognize him, right? Like that's why so, he left. This yeah. is also, it's like perfect timing opens an exit route for Jess, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, good. <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to like figure out my life on my own. I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, a couple of things are going on besides this. Like Paris is freaking out at the last issue of the Franklin. And really, you don't see it really happen, but it's like a precursor of what's going to happen to her in college. But but Rory kind of takes over and helps get the last issue of the Franklin done. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, and then. um so that was, you know, kind of a side thing that wasn't very delved into. They probably had more shot for that and just ran out of time, you know, Yeah. because they were because they kind of pieced that in there quickly. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that's going on is that Fran that owns Weston's and the Dragonfly Inn property dies. Right. <laughs> right. Finally. Fin- God. 
<laughs> I love, I still love when Fran wouldn't talk about like what happens to the property after she's dead and they can't quite ask what happens to her after she dead. Well, what, what happens when you're, you're on a long vacation, <laughs> right? <laughs> what happens? No, no, no. I'm talking about a vacation where you don't come back. <laughs> Right. So now we're going to find out what happens, right? Because yeah. she has died. Um, and and then Suki has a moment and goes, wait a minute. Did we kill Fran because we wanted to buy the inn so bad? <laughs> she has like guilt. Like, was it like a cosmic guilt thing where we like went out into the universe, put that out in the universe and then it happened? You know, like when uh, mom and whoever were listening to John Denver and they were like, oh, I didn't even know he was still alive. <laughs> and then he died. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Was it like Jen or someone? I think. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Jen and, and your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so that was pretty funny. Right. I mean, like the whole thing where she's like worried about it. Then at the funeral, they the the people are speaking and they're like. Weston's will be open once again as it will be taken over by the employees of Weston's to keep its traditions going. And as for the Dragonfly Inn, and the mic cuts out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> I love that. And both of them are sitting there like, <laughs> can we ask? We shouldn't ask. It's a funeral. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Then, of course, we cut away uh, to Dave, who shows up at Lane's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she got drunk, she, she drunk-dialed her mom and left a message and told her everything. She was in a band. She loves Dave. She's drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Lane's mom's not really talking to Lane. And Dave shows up and asks if he can take her to the prom and then he loves her and he does this whole thing. She responds with some quote that he thinks is a Bible verse. Right. Right. He's like, okay. And he like walks off and he's like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so we don't know if she's going to get to go to the prom with him or not. Um, at that point. Yeah. And of course Luke goes to see Jess's dad at the hotel and basically tells him to go away because he doesn't want to mess him up even worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've been gone for 17 years. You don't really need to be here now. But, um, but then he comes to the diner um, after, at the end of the evening uh, to meet him, and they listen to a song, and he just leaves, you know, mm -hmm. which I thought was odd, you know, but it was very Jess and very Jimmy. You know, yeah. They're both the same guy, oddly, mm -hmm. you know, um, which, you know, actually to me, it explained a lot about why Jess doesn't get along with his mom. Right. Yeah. Because Jess is exactly like his dad and Jess is and, and, and his mom is never going to get along with Jimmy. No, <laughs> <laughs> not the way that she's whole high strung like that. Right. No. You know, you know, we don't really get to meet her until later. Right. I mean, we, so we've seen her like twice, but we really don't get to see her until a later season when she moves to start. She, yeah. I was like, she becomes a recurring character, but it's like way after Jess is like a character. She's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. but once we really get to meet her, we understand the problem, right? Like, yeah. and, and just meeting Jimmy, it's like, okay, well, he's just like Jess and that rubs her the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why they can't stand each other, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, the 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 thing is that Jess then has to talk to Luke and tell him that he isn't graduating. And Luke tells him he can stay there for another year, but he has to go back to school and he's not going to work anywhere but in the diner. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I'm not doing that. And he says, well, then you're out. And he kicks him out of the house, which like <laughs> that, like hurt me. Like I was like, because I like yeah. Luke so much and. It had to be impossible, but there is, he had no other choice. He had to do it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's yeah. like the only reason just says I'm not doing that is because Jess believes he has other options. Yeah. And which Luke is like, I can't let you have other options. The only way to fix you is to, I guess now I'm going to have to set you out on the road. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which I don't want to do. I wish you would just do the thing you need to do. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, um, so then, uh, you know, they, at the funeral, the, the <laughs> Sukian, they're, they're like pallbearers are carry, carrying the casket across town through the square or whatever. And they're like, mm-hmm. this is taking too long. I'm going to get back to work. We need to go ask the, the lawyer what's going on with the inn. And they like walk up beside him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's literally one of the pallbearers. Right. <laughs> and they actually take over being the pallbearers for him so they could talk to him. Yeah. That's before, of course, Luke drops the casket. I mean, Kirk drops the casket. Later. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because he's one of the pallbearers, of course. Yeah. He's pallbearered half this town, half this county, it seems like. Yeah, right. Um, so... Um, but you know they find out that they can they can probably buy it because they just want rid of it. The family does. And thank um, God for that. Yeah. So um, Jess runs into Rory on the bus on the way to Hartford for school because she was running late that day and he didn't expect to run into her, right? Yeah. And um, he tells her finally that they're not going to prom because he couldn't get tickets, but doesn't yeah. tell him why, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, so she's like, where are you going? And he doesn't really say, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then we get into here comes the sun. S-O-N, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, they're at the start of it trying to figure out their trip to Europe that they're going to take after graduation, which is coming up quickly, right? Yeah. Um. And I, I like the um, the thing where Lane is trying. She comes in. She's trying to be okay with the college, the church college that she has to go through, seven-day Adventist college or whatever. And she says, oh, it's really nice. They have two parks. And she was like, oh, Rory's like, two parks. That'll be great. She's like, well, one for the boys and one for the girls. Yeah. So one. Kind of. (laughs) And then then she goes on to another couple of things. And Lorelai's sitting there. And she gets done with her list. And Lorelai looks her straight in the eyes and says, They have separate parks for boys and girls? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is the problem, Lorelai. Yes. (laughs) And then Lane just breaks down, right? She's like, (laughs) I know, it's going to be horrible. Like, we, you know. Yeah. (laughs) This place is so repressed. They have separate parks. 
<laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> well, what are they afraid of? <laughs> it's a park. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you might promenade beside one another. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, then we, Rory, like, we, we come to her. She's got, I love her to do list the next yeah. morning, right? She's like, okay, number one, convince Paris to give up the student council gavel. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> first. It's a good first step. <laughs> That made me laugh so hard, just that. Because um, she wants to keep the gavel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, um, Luke dropped by, like, while she's going through the, 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 the her freak out and sneaks Lorelai out the back door to tell her that Jess is gone. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, um, he feels like he fa- failed Jess, and which, you know... I can understand how he felt that way, but he didn't fail him. <laughs> he really didn't, you know. Um, it, you know, but I, I, I like that. Then they go and um, Lorelai had she had said some line before she walked out with Luke. I want you to move tomorrow's scheduled chill time from four o'clock to today, you know. And then she walked mm-hmm. out the door, and when when Lorelai came back in from the porch, she says, "There was no scheduled chill time tomorrow at four. Quit messing with me. <laughs> but um, anyway, we, we go to California then, right? Jess goes to see his dad and um, in Santa Monica. And I love that and, this part. I mean. Yeah. It's like basically he's walking around the pier for a while. And then he walks up to his dad's house and there's a woman there. Yeah. And a lot of dogs. And a lot of fucking dogs. <laughs> and and she said, he says, do they bite? And she says, only those two. W- which two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, no, I like that we, we come there and he owns a restaurant. Yeah. You know, and... It's a thriving restaurant, which has a spectacular location. It's on Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> which is, pro- hear me out, part of why it's thriving. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, uh, like, you, you own a hot dog stand on Santa Monica Pier? Please. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> right. You know, so um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he hadn't told his girlfriend that he was going to see Jess. <laughs> yeah. Know? Because of course he wouldn't. He's he's Jess, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she was a little bit like, you know, you're not going to share your life with me. Screw you. Which is the real problem that like Jess and Rory always had, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And quite frankly, she's kind of right. And she's here's hear me out. She's like living with him. She is helping raise the fucking massive amount of dogs they have on their property. She's like. Yeah, and her kid, like, this is a whole household that they are sharing. Like, valid fucking point. Yeah. That is a thing you should tell me, that you're going to visit your son. Why would I be opposed to you doing that? Why would I have anything to say? But, okay, I'll see you in a bit. Let me know how it goes or if you need anything. Yeah, do you want me to go with you? Any of that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she also kind of understands how he is, you know? Yeah. And she, like, she's like, so how long is he going to stay? 
Stay? Why would he stay? Because he's like just like Jess and clueless about things that can come into his, you know. Like right here? Yeah. She's like, well, because he came to California from across the country and... and... He could be running from the law. Do you know that? Well, why would he be running from the law? He's, you know, like... I don't know. He just showed up here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you clearly didn't ask. Hey, what brings you to Santa Monica? Right. So, Did you not ask him any of this stuff. No. Well, you know. So then he ends up asking him, right? And I love their their talk because, you know, it, it, Jimmy's like, no, you don't. You shouldn't stay here. Like, I'm not good for you. I know I'm not. Yeah. I've been terrible. Like you, you know. And he's like. I don't have anywhere else to go and I don't yeah. want you to like raise me. I'm raised. I'm 18. I just need a place to stay like, and you're my yeah. last resort, man. You think I came all the way to California for you to be my first resort when you haven't been around me my whole life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he decides that it's all right. Like, okay. We, you know, as long as she says it's okay, it'll be all right. It's like, yeah. he's like, he's adamant about that because, he doesn't want to lose her over any of this, right? Like yeah. he has, he has decided that whatever it takes to fix his thing with her, he's going to do it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, which I, you know, I like that. And I also like that. I think this is the point, you know, we, we get to see that this is where Jess really grows up. Like yeah. <laughs> he went to find a place to stay that he didn't want to find, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, then, but you know, now it's also like this part of him where he starts living with his dad for the second time. I'm a little bit like what's unspoken with it to me is that there's a certain amount of, oh, you were out here thriving without me, like that he has to look straight in the face. And that I think is a lesson in itself. Like, yeah, I like like that part of it is always interesting to me because it wasn't like shoved in your face so much as it was just like, yep, that's a thing this character is clearly dealing with. And yeah, and and he's obviously very smart. He runs this business, and when we get to see him like not being shy and everything around his employees, you can tell he's on top of it and knows everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, because he's just like Jess, like so much like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is fully capable of having his shit together. <laughs> like Jess could fully run that restaurant too, like right yeah. now, because he just ran Luke's. Basically, he could run Luke's in his sleep. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know he did have that little thing with Luke where he's like, "You run a diner. You don't let Luke's like you should be so lucky to have what I have." You know, like yeah. when he had that moment, he was like, "Listen, kid." Like yeah. I run a business, it thrives. It takes care of me. It serves a lot of people in this town. Like I don't yeah. know what what planet you're living on that you don't respect this, but you know, this is my life. I chose my life. It wasn't because I was fucking forced into it. Like <laughs> I made it a diner. It was a fucking hardware store. <laughs> you know how hard it would be to make an entire town of people who don't like change decide to eat in a hardware store? Well, not that hard because his apparently everything that he serves is good. Like yes, yeah, <laughs> it's like clear that whatever he serves is good, and that the service is good, even with his like attitude or whatever. Like well, he's awesome. done well for himself, and he's done exactly what he wanted to do. You know, and and like there was a couple times when he's working with Suki where you can see that she has a lot of respect for Luke. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> like, they run kitchens differently, but she has a lot of respect for him and yeah, what he she, does. She And he has a lot of respect for her, too. Like, their their food is fabulous, right? Yeah. Just in different ways. Yeah. So, um, and also, the fact that Suki isn't, like... Um, She's never put off that Lorelai spends a lot of time eating at Luke's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though she's, you know. A world-class chef. Yeah. Right. She has no problem that she, he goes to eat, she goes to eat at Luke's. She gets kind of offended when she eats other places or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's like, I don't know them. They could suck. Why are you eating somewhere that could suck when you could eat my food? Yeah. Right. And, and then she's like with Luke's, it's like, eh, I can't do what Luke does. So you go ahead. <laughs> I can't and won't. Like, <laughs> not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no interest in making it. I've eaten it and it's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, so then we get to the closer episode, which is those are strings, Pinocchio. And I love that. Like that, that, that is the name of the, t- the episode. Cause it really is the crux of where we're going here. <laughs> There's going to yeah. be strings attached yeah. to whatever happens. So, um, it, we've we've found out that Lorelai can't uh, get a loan for Yale because of the money that she got um, from the sale of the stock that yeah. her dad gave her and that she paid off the loan from Chilton with, right? Yeah. And so she doesn't have the money anymore, but it raised her income level to where she doesn't qualify for student aid. Yes. <laughs> right? So... Um, you know, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of a big deal. Right. And it doesn't, and she's kind of hiding it from Rory and she hasn't told her. Right. Yeah. And then we get going into this episode and the first thing we see is they're still doing their planning, right. For their backpacking trip. Only they're carrying these giant backpacks. They're like, these things are heavy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they lay them down on the floor and Luke can't even get into the diner because they're so big. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, he says he's going to take Nicole on a cruise uh-huh. and the girls are like, Oh, you're going to ask her to marry you, you know? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, it's just a, you know, he doesn't realize that it's just a cruise, the serious thing because he's doing it at the, you know? Yeah. And, um, so she, um, so he's, he's, that's like a seed that's planted with him. And then um, I guess we have the goodbye videos at Chilton, which were, you know, it was just an opportunity for us to see Paris say that she's okay with Rory being the valedictorian, which I really love. Yeah. Because Paris is like, you know, I'm okay with you being valedictorian over me, right? She's like, you are? She's like, yeah. So I wasn't at first, but then I read uh, the biographies of previous valedictorians from Chilton. And they've not done well, and uh, <laughs> there have been a lot of misfortunes <laughs> in their life. <laughs> one was drug addicted. One was this. I mean, like it was another list from Paris that was actually comical, but you know, yeah, true. And and like Rory's like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know that I want to be valedictorian anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then we go back, and uh, Luke is doing a walkthrough of the dragonfly to you know an inspection right yeah like how deep is this how bad is it going to be and he's like it's actually not so bad and i love the part because kirk is doing a mold inspection and (laughs) he's up there he's like i'm just terrified of mold mold can like (laughs) his reasons he's terrified of mold were comical 
Yeah. And and then he comes running out and he's like, they're like, did you find mold? He's like, no, rat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, um, so uh, I guess we get to the point where we go back to the Independence Inn, right? And they have only one guest. Yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, fire. Fire. And then, yeah. And um, so um, Lorelai's parents call and they want to give Rory a car. And um, and they think she's going to say no. And she's like, no, I think it'd be great. That way she'll be able to get back from forth to Yale faster. It's almost a gift for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so what does that do to Richard and Emily? Like, they just kind of have that look on their face like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, then Lorelai comes in at Suki's with uh champagne says we're going to celebrate <laughs> yeah and it's not really a celebration because they're closing the independence in because the fix-up of it's going to cost more than than they can do and yeah and um and now lorelei can't swing her part of buying the dragonfly because she doesn't have a job yeah and uh <laughs> jackson is like yeah, and let's celebrate that because, you know, I'm one of your suppliers that I'm losing business also. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just like sit there in their sadness for a second. <laughs> right. Drinking champagne. Because that's yeah. what you would do. Like, there's no. Yeah. Way, right. Yeah. Um, then we get one last time this season with a really good town meeting. This one just cracks me up because Taylor says there's a deer problem. Yeah. Right. There's deers eating at the gardens of the people of Stars Hollow. And Dean pulls up a picture. And it's, of course, Taylor's garden. And the whole crowd's like, isn't that your garden, Taylor? (laughs) 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 Right? And and then he's like, we should think about controlling this. They're like, you want to kill, what was it, uh, the the mechanic? Isn't she, what's her name? Oh, uh, it was, um... Why can't I wrote? It's like Roxy, Roxy. Uh, It's something like that. But she says, she comes up and she says, you want to kill all the Bambies? (laughs) (laughs) Just because they're eating from your garden like nature does. Yeah. And then Kirk throws in, I think we should have a controlled hunt. Uh, uh, You want people to hunt them? No, I think we should use wolves. But the only problem is then we're going to have a wolf problem after that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to figure out a controlled release of, I don't know, bears. <laughs> I, I swear I laughed at that for like five minutes when he said we should use wolves. <laughs> yeah. We should use wolves. But then we're going to have a wolf problem. <laughs> wolves. Uh <laughs> So Lorelai tells Rory that they're not going to get the in because she needs to use the money that's left over to pay for Yale. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Rory says what we know Rory's going to say, which is, why don't we, why don't we ask, why don't she we ask Richard say, and Emily? She doesn't say, why don't we ask her any of that? Like that, that's the part I really respected about it. She yeah. Says, you know, you shouldn't give up your dream for this. Like, we'll find another way. And she was like, no. And then Rory's like, there's no time to even discuss this with her. And she gets up and goes to see 
Richard and Emily. <laughs> yeah. And she it's basically the obvious answer. It's not even a question. You know? Well, she because basically it's the first time she's she says, no, it's my college. I'm asking for me. Like, right. This is not Lorelai borrowing money on my behalf. I am an adult. This is my college. I owe you money. Yeah. Right. And the whole thing from before when it happened. Rory thought it was all stupid that they were that uh, that Lorelai was gnashing her teeth over it also, right? Like Yeah. And so this time she's like, "Okay, here's the deal. I want to do this and, you know, borrow the money and I'll start paying you back from a job or whatever." And and Richard's like, "I'm uh, okay, but I've got some stipulations. One is you're not working or paying us anything for this money until 5 years after you graduate." Yeah. And you know, and, and, you know, and then, you know, she wants to, and, and she had offered to do the dinners. And I thought that was, it was really good because Richard was like, I'm not going to, you know, I have no problem with paying for the school. And if you want to pay me back, great, but I'm going to wait until you can. And I'm not even uh-huh. going to argue about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make it hard on you also. Cause I don't think that's, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm helping you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's also just a wise investment. Like he knows that he, what he's paying for is a Ivy league education. And he knows that the best way that Rory can do all of the things she needs and wants to do is you shouldn't be worried about this loan right now. You shouldn't be worried about having a job while you're at Yale. You need to be focused on Yale and getting that education yeah, and making it worth something afterward because we don't have, there, there's no reason to do that before, you know? Yeah. And also he is fine with not her not paying for it because he has the money and he doesn't care. Yeah. He would, he would be very, you know, he, he, the only reason he's loaning is because he loves her, not because of anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he's like, Um, homie, I could pay your tuition 20 times over. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) So they're back at the graduation and, and and she pulls Lorelai aside to tell her what's happened. And that's the point where we get to the tagline, right? Where she's like, there are no strings. I've borrowed the money from, from Richard and Emily. They're mm-hmm. going to pay for Yale. I'm going to pay them back five years after I graduate. And we're mm-hmm. going to ha- I'm going to be with no obligation to you going there every Friday for dinner at seven. And, um, and she's like, are they manipulating you? Because they know that this will get me there too, because there's no way I'm going to let you go there for f- dinner every Friday and not come. And she's like, no, they're not. In fact, I see it as a win-win, win for everyone. You and I get to have more time with them. They get to have time with us. I get Yale paid for, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, there's just no strings. And she's like, no, those are strings, Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be involved in your life. And she's like, see, I think that's a good thing. I, I, yeah, I want them in my life. That is the point. involved in my life. Yeah. You know? And, and then the season ends, I believe, on like the most heartbreaking speech. All the speeches, yeah. So like, what a valedictorian speech. The first speech, though, was Brad singing. That was because <laughs> <laughs> he sings. He sings. I believe it's a song from his Broadway performance right, yeah, as like, the fucking kid from. I was going to do a poem, and they like cut away to somebody in the crowd. And they're like, "Don't do it, Brad." He's like, but yeah. I decided to sing. I was like, oh, this is not better than a poem. <laughs> well, because he's like a Broadway performer. Like he played the kid in um, Into the Woods. Yeah. And he sang it really well. He didn't. Have- yeah. It was Giants in the Sky, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I like the um, I like the Paris is in line 
to get her. We'll, we'll talk about the speech in a second, but I want to talk about this spot. Paris is in line to get her diploma with Rory, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the person in front of her, she's like, I haven't met half these people. What's your name? <laughs> she's like been so self-centered. She hasn't met people in her tiny little class at Chilton. Yeah. You know? Like she's never asked or looked around. Like hilarious. <laughs> yeah. so. Like, dude, this is like a less than a hundred person class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so Rory's speech, um, I mean, was, could it have been any better? You know? oh. I mean, it was just wrenchingly good, right? Like, yeah, like the entire row of her family is crying, and then like, also no, everyone who's ever seen it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they are, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, because she's she just says everything so perfectly and thanks all the right people, you know? Yeah. And, and it's so heartfelt and wonderful. Um, and then um, then they go to give her her gift, which I, I love this. It's the one with the bow on it. <laughs> It's the car with the bow on it. There's like 30 cars out there with bows on them. Yeah. <laughs> Richard's like, I didn't know every kid at Chilton was going to get a car for graduation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he it's gives hilarious. her a Prius, which is, you know. Sensible. Sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Lorelai said. Um, no Ferraris or anything like that. And she, he's like, so no Italian cars. Well, it can be Italian, but like sensible Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... It's not that it's Italian. It's that it's over the top. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that you forget what that means sometimes, so we can go through it, but. Yeah. Um, and then um, her phone rings, Rory's phone rings, and she answers it. No one's there because it's Jess being quiet. Yeah. And um, that part was like making me come to tears, too, because she had to tell him off without him hearing her, without him saying anything. You know, yeah, and be like, listen, uh, I am breaking up with you because you ran off to California and didn't fucking say anything, and I'm going to Yale, so fuck you. It's yeah. not the way you should have done this. It's not the way you should have done this. I deserve better, and I'm not going through it anymore. You know, yeah. And, um, so then uh, we cut away, and it's like Lorelai jumping into the diner to tell Luke while he's gone, don't get engaged, and it's really Luke waking up from a dream. That yeah. she told him that, right? Yeah. And then um, and then we go back to Rory and Lorelai, and I love the end of it, like the end of the episode in the season, because um, she's like wanting to carve initials in the wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Rory's like trying to talk her out of it. These are historic. Like this was done by like, he's like were any of these walls done by not dead famous people? You know? <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And they're like wandering around Chilton looking for something to carve up. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, I guess it's not worth it, you know? And, and, and then they start to walk out, and I, I think it's the great ending, because she goes, look around. Did you notice? What? It's not so scary anymore. You know? Oh, yeah. Because when they first went into Chilton, it was, like, terrifying for them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that just speaks to, like, the whole coming-of-age thing. And I mean, yeah. if the series ended right there, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Like it would have been, no. like, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and they did do a lot of great things. Like, I'm glad it did continue, but yeah. it was such a good tie up that. Yeah. So what we, what it, what happens really to me, it feels like two series. Cause we kind of open up another one like when, yeah. when it starts. And that's why I was like, well, we have to stop here because it feels like 
this could be the final episode of the series and you would be like done good check done and good but then i mean i don't know if they had something where it was like you know this could be the end we don't know if we're getting renewed and then yeah. they got renewed for three seasons or whatever or and they made it you know and they made like a whole new yeah what, what, which seasons or whatever yeah. which is so fantastic because like they had such great stuff ready to go it's like okay you're gonna see the firefly and you're gonna see like rory at yale you're gonna rory's gonna go to yale we're gonna follow all that right that's what the next four years are that's what the next four seasons are yeah and i think that it's 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 fabulous because it's so wrapped up here and it's like so good and like you know and you're itching for more but you could be okay if there wasn't because it was so well done (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) um so yeah i like that and i'm and there we are we're at the end of that so season four we'll have to jump in on next time and the whole new world that happens right yeah yeah you know so anyway that's it for us today yep thank you guys for tuning in yes this is family rabble tuning out love you bailey love you too Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.